Good evening. I'm glad you could join us tonight. I hope you've had a good week. I hope you're getting ready for the storm. Maybe the weather won't be too bad, but there is a storm on the way, so uh, be prepared and keep an eye out for that and try to be safe. I want to remind everybody that we are meeting on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. We've got chairs spread out and asked that you would wear your mask uh, at least for a few more weeks. Uh, if you feel comfortable doing that, we would appreciate that just to kind of help keep everybody safe with the virus. Maybe the virus is beginning to decline a little bit. The numbers appear to be going down some, so perhaps we are uh, on the home stretch of, of maybe getting out of uh, this coronavirus time. We are going to be in Matthew 21 tonight. If you have your Bible, I would encourage you to turn. Matthew 21, we're going to start in verse 33, and we will read through the end of the chapter. Now, one of the greatest things that Jesus did was to speak parables. Now, he spoke parables all the time to the people when he was around them. And they didn't always get it. His disciples didn't always get it. Even they came to him sometimes and had to say, well, well, Lord, what does this mean? And Jesus would explain what he meant uh, in the parable that he was speaking. And oftentimes, uh, in the parables he used, he was speaking against the Jewish people, the people of Israel, God's own chosen people. Uh, they should have been looking forward to the Messiah, who was Jesus. They should have recognized when Jesus came and began to fulfill a lot of the Old Testament prophecy and Jesus dropped lots of hints along the way, uh, lots of Old Testament prophecy along the way to try to help them understand that he was the Messiah, that he had come, that he had fulfilled those prophecies. Uh, but many of God's people missed it. Now, uh, there were a lot, of course, who did follow Jesus, who did, uh, at the very least, they followed him just to be healed. Uh, but some, many followed Jesus because they really trusted who he was, that he was the Son of God the Messiah, the Savior of the world uh, that had been prophesied about and who had come uh, to bring salvation to all who would trust in him. The, the great thing about parables is that they are very simple. They're usually very short, and they're usually things that we can relate to, things that we can understand. That's what made Jesus and his parables uh, so wonderful. And in this story we're going to look at tonight, this is one of those parables, and it's a parable of a vineyard owner and the ones that the vineyard owner had put in charge of the vineyard. And we're going to read that parable and talk about it tonight. So let's pray and we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these words. I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. I pray that Jesus Christ would be glorified in these words and in this time we have. God, I pray that you would help us to see areas in our life maybe where we are uh, missing things that you're trying to speak to us. God, maybe sometimes we see what you're trying to tell us and we just avoid it, God, and that's even worse. So God, help us to not miss things that you want us to see, and God, help us even more so when we see those things to be obedient to maybe whatever you've revealed to us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Matthew 21, verse 33. Listen to another parable. There was a man, a landowner, who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. He leased it to tenant farmers and went away. When the grape harvest drew near, he sent his slaves to the farmers to collect his fruit. 
Now, we have the scene set for us here. We can understand this. There was uh, someone, a vineyard owner, who had made this wonderful, big, huge vineyard. Uh, maybe you've passed by some vineyards before. I know when I was uh, in California, there were lots of vineyards around the area where I was at. And the grapes grow, and those grapes are used to make wine. And uh, this vineyard owner had made this wonderful, huge vineyard. And he had picked this one group to put in charge of this vineyard, to take care of the vineyard, to collect the fruit when the fruit was produced in the vineyard. So everything is uh, pretty much laid out pretty simple here for us. There's a vineyard owner uh, and those who the vineyard owner put in charge of the vineyard. But when it come time to produce the fruit and gather in the fruit, well, those that the vineyard owner had put in charge of the vineyard did not do what the vineyard owner would desire. They did not produce fruit in the way that they should have produced fruit. So listen to what it says in the next verse. Verse 35. But the farmers took his slaves, beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first group, and they did the same to them. So when it got time for fruit to be collected from the, the vineyard owner's vineyard, well, he sent these slaves to gather up this fruit, but yet those in charge beat the ones whom the vineyard owner sent. Uh, he sent some and they beat them. They killed them. He sent others and they beat them and they killed them. More and more, the vineyard owner had made every attempt to try to produce fruit in his vineyard and collect that fruit from the ones that he had put in charge of the vineyard. Now, he had tried everything he could. He sent uh, the slaves that he wanted to to gather the fruit, but they were unsuccessful, and the tenants of the vineyard killed those slaves. So then he says in verse 37, Finally, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those farmers? Now, the vineyard owner has done no wrong here. The vineyard owner has done good. He has pre prepared a great vineyard. He has allowed these people to live there. All they had to do was take care of the vineyard and to, and to produce fruit in the vineyard. But yet they failed at that, at that task that was placed before them. And when it was time to harvest the fruit, when it was time to harvest, and the vineyard owner sent the slaves, they refused to harvest the fruit, to let the fruit be gathered. They had produced no fruit of themselves, that is. So the vineyard owner says, look, I'm going to send my very son. Surely when they see my son coming, they will listen to him. They will do what he instructs them to do. But instead, when they saw the son, they said, hey, if we get rid of the son, then we can take the vineyard for ourselves. We can do things our way. It will be ours. There will be no inheritance. There will be no son to take the vineyard. We can have the vineyard all to ourselves. And so they treated the son just as they had all the slaves who had come to the vineyard before who had come to the tenants of the vineyard before. They beat him and they killed him. And Jesus asked the question to those who were hearing this parable. He said, now, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those farmers? 
Let's read the response in verse 41. He will completely destroy those terrible men, they told him, and lease his vineyard to another, to other farmers who will give him his produce and harvest. Now, those who had heard this parable of Jesus understood correctly. They knew the right answer. They knew what should take place. They knew that those farmers who had been put in charge of the vineyard were in the wrong. They weren't doing right by the, by the vineyard owner who had placed them in charge. They weren't doing right when they killed the slaves that the vineyard owner had sent to them. They weren't doing right when they killed the son of the vineyard owner. And so Jesus said, well, what's the owner going to do when he returns? And those listening to this parable got it right. They said, well, look, these, these farmers were in the wrong. They didn't produce fruit. Therefore, when the owner comes, he's going to take the vineyard from them, and he's going to give it to other farmers who are going to produce fruit. Now, this is a very simple story that was easy for them to get the right answer to, and you and I too. It's easy for us to look at this story and say, hey, look, those farmers... The tenants that the, that, the, that the vineyard owner had put into place, they did not do right. They had been given opportunity after opportunity to do right by the vineyard owner, but they rejected everything he commanded them to do. They did not produce fruit in the vineyard they were in, and not only that, but they killed the very son of the vineyard owner. So the vineyard owner is right in any response he takes to them, in any action he takes upon them for their evil, the vineyard owner is right in doing so. And so what do you do in that situation? Well, it's easy. You don't keep people uh, employed for you, so to speak, or working under you, or you don't provide for them, let's say, when they're not doing the job. Not only were they not doing the job, but they were purely evil, the ones that the vineyard owner had put into place. And so those hearing the story answered correctly, and they said, look, it'll be taken away from them and given to others. It's only fair. The ones who had it didn't appreciate what they had. They didn't do right by it. Therefore, let them be gone and let other farmers come in who will appreciate, who will produce fruit, and who will follow what the vineyard owner commands. Now, let's see Jesus' response in the next verse. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This came from the Lord and is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation producing its fruit. Whoever falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but whoever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Now, Jesus is referencing some Old Testament uh, writings here, some Old Testament prophecies from Isaiah and from Psalm that talk about the cornerstone that was pointing forward to a day for God's people Israel that there was going to be a cornerstone that everything in God's kingdom would be built upon. But those words in the Old Testament talk about that stone not as a stone that's accepted by God's people, but a stone that's rejected by God's people. The stone that is rejected is the stone that becomes the cornerstone. Now, all of this language about the vineyard and about the stone, well, God's not terribly concerned with growing grapes or building buildings. That's not exactly what God is telling us here in his word. These things are illustrations for a bigger picture of something that's taking place. That is that God created everything in this world. God 
chose his people Israel, and he prepared for them in every way, in the same way that the vineyard owner provided for those farmers who were in the vineyard. God set everything into place, and God was going to watch over them, and God was going to take care of them, and God was going to provide for them. He even gave them their own land that was flowing with milk and honey, and he said, here you go. It's all yours. Worship me, follow me, live off the land, be taken care of, be at peace. Don't fear your enemies. I am with you, but don't give in to evil. Don't give in to sin. But follow me and hear everything you ever want is provided for you. Just listen to me. But the, but the people who, the farmers of the vineyard, that is the Israelites, they didn't listen to the vineyard owner, that is God. When God had provided all for them, they refused to follow God. They began to follow false gods. They began to wander and turn their back on God. So what did God do? Well, the Old Testament is full of what he did. He sent prophets. He sent people to Israel and said, look, listen to the word of the Lord. The Lord says you're doing evil. The Lord says this is wrong and that's wrong. The Lord says you need to turn from your ways and turn to him and he will forgive you. And those slaves in the story represent the prophets that we've seen all throughout the Old Testament. And God sent prophet after prophet after prophet to the people of the land, to the kings of the land, and they spoke God's word, and sometimes they heeded God's word. There were some people who were faithful to God. There were some people who listened to God. There were some people who trusted what God said. There were some people who listened to the prophets. But many of God's people refused to listen to the prophets. They refused to listen to what God wanted to tell them, what God wanted to reveal them, what God wanted to provide for them. They weren't focused on the Lord. They were focused on themselves, and they killed the prophets. They ignored the prophets. They did not listen to or obey the prophets who brought the very word of God to them. And the slaves in the story represent those prophets that God had sent. And after God had sent everybody he could and the people refused to listen, God said, I will send my very own son. Now, this should be an easy one for us to understand, but the son that God sent was Jesus Christ. The son of the vineyard owner was Jesus Christ himself, the son of God, and God sent his very son to the people of Israel to reveal the truth of his word to them so that they would listen to Jesus and listen to what he said, so that they would receive salvation and their sins could be forgiven. But God's people Israel refused to listen to Jesus Christ. And not only did they refuse to listen to him, they treated him just as they had treated all the prophets who would come before. And when God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, not long after he spoke this very parable, those who he was speaking it to fulfilled exactly what he said would happen. They took the Son of God, and they refused to listen to the Word of God to come through him. They refused to follow him and accept him and put their faith in him and trust him and listen to what he said, and instead they nailed him to a cross. And the very one that God built his kingdom upon, Jesus Christ, is the one that God's very chosen people, the people of Israel, rejected. The stone they rejected has become the cornerstone of the kingdom of God. Everything is built on Jesus Christ. But God's people, Israel, they chose to reject Jesus Christ. 
They chose not to put their faith in Jesus, but they chose to put their faith in their own religion and their own way to do things the way that they wanted to. And they built their foundation on sand that would crumble instead of on the very rock of God that is Jesus Christ, the cornerstone on which the kingdom of God is built. And Jesus says, boy, this story about this, this vineyard and about the slaves and about the son, this story is about you. This story is about what you have done and what you are going to do. And he said in verse 43, Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation producing its fruit. Jesus said, look, God's he, he picked you, he chose you, he provided for you, he did everything he could for you to get you to listen to him. But you rejected everyone he sent, even his very son. And Jesus said, and for that reason, the kingdom that could have been yours is going to be taken from you and given to another nation, a nation that produces fruit. Because the Jewish people, the people of Israel, they weren't producing fruit. Yes, there were some. There were some people who were faithful to God. But there were many in the nation of Israel that produced no fruit, that showed no love for God and did not trust him or follow him. And Jesus said, the kingdom will be taken from you. The vineyard will be taken from you. And it will be given to one who will produce fruit. In verse 45, he says, or excuse me, the response is, When the chief priest and the Pharisees heard his parables, they knew he was speaking about them. Although they were looking for a way to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they regarded him as a prophet. Now these priests and these Pharisees that heard the words that Jesus had spoken in this parable and in the words he had spoken previously in this chapter, boy, it says when they heard these parables, they knew he was speaking about them. They knew he was condemning them. They knew he was telling them, look, you are in the wrong. You are uh, uh, straying from God. You have abandoned God. Your ancestors abandoned God. Your ancestors failed to listen to God. These parables were about the people of Israel. The word of God first came to the Jews, first to the Israelites, but then to everyone. For those who were Jewish people, for those of the nation of Israel who accepted Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. But when the nation as a whole rejected Jesus Christ, he said, look, the kingdom is going to be taken from you. It is going to be given to a nation that will produce fruit. And that, brothers and sisters in Christ, is you and me. No matter what land we were born in, no matter what country we live in or are from, what our nationality is, it does not matter. The nation that Jesus talks about is his nation of Christians, is his followers, those who put their faith and trust in him. This is the nation that Jesus Christ was talking about. We who are in Jesus Christ are called to produce fruit, the fruit that God's people years ago did not produce, the fruit that many of the Jewish people today are still rejecting Jesus Christ. They're still looking to Moses. They're still looking to the law. They're not producing fruit. They're not putting their trust in Jesus Christ. They're not trusting him as the cornerstone. They are trusting in their own religion, in their own ability, and in their own works. And the very stone that God wanted to build his kingdom on is the stone that they rejected. But for those who accept Jesus Christ, 
boy, that kingdom begins to be built. For every Christian that there is, for every follower of Jesus, when we say, look, I follow you, Lord Jesus, I repent, we begin to build our life on Jesus Christ, that cornerstone. And God's kingdom is built on that cornerstone. And God calls us who are in Jesus Christ to produce fruit, to have love, patience, mercy, forgiveness, gentleness, self-control, all of these things that the Bible would call fruit. These are the things that God desires of us, that we love God with all our heart and that we love our neighbor as ourselves. This is the type of fruit that God has always wanted his people to produce. Both those in the Old Testament, the, the Jewish people, the people of Israel, and people today, those who are in Christ, those who are Christians, those who are a new creation, God desires for us to produce fruit. Let us not be guilty of the same thing that these who heard this message so many years ago were guilty of. Let us look at our life and say, am I following you, Lord Jesus? Am I producing fruit? And the saddest thing about this passage is that the very ones that Jesus was speaking about heard these parables and they knew he was speaking about them. He knew they were in the wrong. When he said, when the chief priest and the Pharisees heard his parables, they knew he was speaking about them. They knew it. They knew that Jesus' words were true. They knew they were in the wrong. And you know what they did about it? They, they tried to destroy Jesus all the more. And eventually they were successful. He was a problem for them because they wanted to do things their way. They wanted to follow their religion. They wanted to be holier than thou. All the while avoiding God, denying God, rejecting God, rejecting God's word, rejecting the truth of what God says, and rejecting the very Son of God. They heard the words of Jesus and knew they were true, but yet they tried to destroy him all the more, and eventually they were successful when they nailed him to a cross. Now that's a bad situation right there. I hope that none of us fall into that category that these Pharisees did. That we hear the word of God sometimes, and we know it's true, we know it's speaking to us, and we deny what it says. Let us not be guilty of that. Let us not be guilty of rejecting the cornerstone. Let us not be guilty of rejecting Jesus Christ. But let us be found faithful, trusting in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That we don't build our, our, our foundation on sand that's going to shift on our works, on our abilities, on our strengths. But that we build it on Jesus Christ, the very cornerstone that all those years ago many of God's people rejected. Let us not be found guilty of the same thing. Let us be found faithful to be fruitful for the kingdom of God, to trust in Jesus Christ as the cornerstone of our life. Let's pray. God, we come to you and I thank you for these good words and I pray that you help us to grow in them, to learn from them. I pray, God, that you would help them to convict us. Maybe there are things we hear you speak to us sometimes, dear Lord. Maybe we're guilty of not listening, even though we may know it's, it's spoken to us. God, help us not to do that. Help us to be obedient, to be uh, true to what you speak to us. Help us not to miss you. Help us not to deny you, dear Lord, like these we see in this parable. But help us to be those who put their faith in Jesus, who make Jesus the cornerstone of their life. And we are found faithful producing the fruit that you want us to produce. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.